The quality of your marriage is affected by your priorities. Here's Johnny Erickson Tata. Sit down one time with your spouse and just talk about, sketch it out, what is the big picture? And then commit to make that your goal. For Ken and me, I trust for most Christian couples, it is heaven. It is the finish line. It is the end of the good fight. It is hearing those wonderful words, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what we want to hear. That's what we're living for. This is Family Life Today. Our host is the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. We'll hear from Johnny and Ken Tata today about how living with heaven in mind, the finish line in mind, can have an impact on your marriage today. Stay tuned. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us. You know, one of my favorite passages of Scripture is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It talks about how Christians are new creatures in Christ and then goes on to say that we're ambassadors. We live as citizens in one kingdom, right. but we're living in a different kingdom representing the homeland, representing our king. And I was thinking about that today because I was thinking... Uh, we're all ambassadors, but sometimes when some ambassadors get up to speak, I cringe a little bit at how that ambassador is going to represent the kingdom. I've never had that cringe happen when I hear our guests get up to speak and mm. represent the kingdom. No, I, I, there's a there's something that resonates within the spirit that uh, uh, they should take the the stage mm. and the podium and the pulpit and tell it like it is because. Uh, they have lived in the presence of uh, Jesus Christ in ways that, uh, well, we're going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about a great love story. Ken and Johnny Erickson Tata join us on Family Life today again. Welcome back, you guys. Good to have you. Thank you, Dennis, and thank you, Bob. Well, what an introduction, Bob. My goodness, now I want to be a good good ambassador wow. for Jesus. Well, you always have been. Yeah, I trust so. you have been. Oh, let me never just defame the good name of Jesus. <laughs> well, um, Johnny, you've written over 50 books. Ken, you are a world-class fly fisherman. You told me that yourself. Yes, he is. <laughs> he, he really is. I am not a world-class fly fisherman. <laughs> but, but here I'm just juxtaposing. You've written 50 bo- books. You can catch yeah, fish. I, I, Wait, I, I guess it's a great team. connection right there. It's a great team. Ken leads these, uh, these outfitter adventures. In fact, it's called The Wild Adventure in Montana. Yes. And, uh, I'm going to get on one of those one of these days because I can wet a fly too. I'm, I'm, well, uh, I, I, you know, that's a lead into that book because this book is for men. The book that we just wrote. This really is a book. Um, and Johnny, you said it earlier. In fact, why don't you comment on this book? It's called uh, Johnny and Ken: An Untold Love Story. Say what, right. you, what you told me just before we came on the air. Well, I, I think the, the the subtitle, "An Untold Love Story." It, it's really Ken's story. It's it's an untold story about him. We have never peeled back the layers of our marriage quite like we have in this most recent book. But after we crested 30 years of marriage, we looked at one another and thought, you know, we're not experts. I mean, we, we've, we've never been to seminary. Um, you know, we're not family counselors. We, but after three decades of quadriplegia, then chronic pain and quadriplegia, then breast cancer and chronic pain and quadriplegia, in some ways, that's given us, uh, oh, I don't know, some some new fresh platform, a, a, a kind of an authority to, to speak to other couples about what commitment really is. But it's Ken's commitment that comes shining through the pages of this book. I, re- I really want to disagree with you about the seminary thing. I oh, think come on. you I think you have 
both been hmm. to the ultimate seminary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, every day uh, experiencing God and seeing Him at work in your lives, your marriage, and sharing that together. And I have to say, as I told you earlier, um, your book really is... Um, it's quite a love story. I mean, it's it's a, a paradox. It's not at all the warm fuzzy that Hollywood would tell. No, when when Ken and I married, uh, well, I should say before we married, we had lots of friends, not all of them believers, not all of them followers of Jesus, who suggested that since I was a quadriplegic, that Ken and I should go away, try it out for a weekend, see if this is going to work. Ken, can you handle it? But Ken and I decided we weren't going to do that. We weren't going to violate our convictions. And so we went into this marriage saying, I do, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, really not knowing how challenging those 24-7, nonstop, daily, dreary routines of my disability could be. Um, and we call those years in our marriage the, uh, the tired middle years. The first 10 years, 15 mm-hmm. years of our marriage were extremely difficult. You know, it made it made for an interesting honeymoon <laughs> you know, and and uh and you and you really spell that out in the book but i want to i want to take you back to where you start the book and you begin with this uh romantic date that you're on where you declare to ken and that cancer had been a gift hmm. I, I want i want you to tell that story well it's it's hard to say it in 25 words or less but dennis i Ken has often said, Johnny, I don't get it. I don't get why God is, has given you cancer. I mean, quadriplegic, chronic pain, what, what's God doing? And I, I remember saying to Ken uh, at that dinner, um, I think there was a time that probably the devil approached the throne of God and said, okay, you see that 17-year-old girl down there having such fun? You, you, you give me permission to smack her with a broken neck. Then let's see if she'll name your good name. Okay, so God grants Satan permission, and I break my neck, and, and I honor the Lord. And then, uh, what, a um, few years later, um, I get married, another decade later, deal with chronic pain. Uh, okay, let, let, let's see if she's going to disown you now, God. Uh, let, let me give her chronic pain. And I come through by the grace of God. And then devil, the devil comes back to the throne of God and says, Wait, let, okay, so she trusts you with chronic pain and quadriplegia, but you just let me smack her with cancer. Then I know hmm. she will really uh, give it up. She'll cave in. She will no longer follow you, God. And, and I have, but it's only by the grace of God. I have, no, I have no strength within myself. It's all the grace of God. And I, and I said to Ken, it's been a gift because it's, it's, it's not only... I think um, strengthen my confidence in my Savior's ability to sustain, but it's given me such a huge appreciation for this guy sitting next to me, the man who practices Christianity with the sleeves rolled up every single day when he, when he helps me with those day-to-day routines. And um, they're not getting easier. They're getting harder. We're getting older. Yet the disciplines we learn through chronic pain, quadriplegia, have sustained us not only through cancer, but are now sustaining us as we head into our late 60s. That story you told about Satan going before God sounded like another story I've heard about that happening to another guy. I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with the story, a guy named Job. Yeah, that guy Job. Yeah, there's a point in Job's story where after a long period of time, he goes and says, okay, God, I would, I would like some answers now, and I feel like I've earned them. Have you ever had... 
a moment like that? I did early on. Um, I really wrestled with what God was doing. In fact, when I broke my neck at such a young age, at the age of 17, I was extremely fearful of what God might do next to refine my faith. <laughs> oh my goodness, if you start with a broken neck, like, like where does it go from there? Yeah. Where, where does it go from there? But honestly, Bob, um, as I shared that scenario of the devil going before the throne of God, and here I have quadriplegia, uh, chronic pain, cancer, I guess I'm at the age now where it has become somewhat invigorating. Oh my goodness, God thinks I can really step up to this plate and swing at this ball. He really thinks I can do that with his grace. Well, I'm not going to let him down. I'm not going to disappoint him. I'm certainly not going to give Satan on the opposing team the advantage. I'm going to swing at this ball, and by the grace of God and God alone, we're going to hit a home run because that ball is heading to heaven, and it's right on the horizon, and I don't want to do anything that's going to demerit my capacity for joy and worship and service in heaven. I want to trust that God knows what he's doing in my life. Mm. And, and I think Ken and I together in our marriage have sensed that as we, we move on uh, year after year in our life together. But I have to say this, Bob. When Johnny was first diagnosed with cancer, Jesus and I had some long conversations because at 45 years in a wheelchair, I'm thinking to myself and, and asking God, why? You know, why Johnny? After all this time, why would you allow her to have this cancer? And, um, and it didn't come to us right away. I mean, it caused us, the, the initial diagnosis caused us to stop and reflect and what was important. But as time went on and, and we got into the chemo and everything else and brought Johnny and I closer together during this whole time and we've had, these, we had some discussions, I realized, why not? You know, we, we <laughs> believe in a sovereign God. We, he's God in our adversities as well as in our blessings. And, um, you know, what we discovered was Johnny is such a great communicator. Mm -hmm. She's been a great communicator for the disabled community. Why not cancer? And uh, we've, we've seen uh, during this journey, you know, how much God has used her to be able to speak to that very area you know, people who have had cancer. And not only that, the people we have come in contact with because of the cancer. The nurses. The nurses, the oncological surgeon, the oncologist, the... the uh, X-ray technicians. X-ray technicians, the, you know, I mean... Blood test people. And know. we always <laughs> try, to, try to insert the name of Jesus when we talk to these folks. And we would have never had that opportunity without, you know, the cancer. Mm -hmm. I, I want you both to comment on this because again, Ken, this is not just Johnny's disease. It's our disease, you as a couple, mm -hmm. okay? But as I was praying and thinking about talking with you guys today, I was taken back to Romans 8 to a passage that Randy Alcorn spoke to our staff um, back in March 24, 2010. It's Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Hmm. Amen. Comment on that, Ken, because... Well, how do we as uh, human beings that love Christ show our love for Christ? You know, oftentimes, you know, we, we, we say it and we pray it, but 
you know, we don't get a chance to demonstrate it. And here's an opportunity for us during this time to honor God and to be able to show in, in a tangible sense and execute what we believe that God is the sovereign God. And I think for us, you know, we've, we've just, we've learned to trust him more. You know, both Johnny and I have said, you know, at some point there's going to come a time when either one or both of us are going to have another diagnosis. And so it's prepared us for the other side of eternity. But for this side of eternity, you know, we are just so thankful that God has given us this opportunity just to show him how much we love him. And Johnny, before you respond, I just want to affirm you, Ken, for your perspective of God and your obedience to him and wanting to love and stay committed to your bride. Mm. The only man I have ever got down on my knees and begged to stay with his wife was a man whose wife was diagnosed with breast cancer and he was about to leave her Mm. for another woman. Mm. You didn't do that. You have hung in there, your tenacity and faith, your own faith in Christ, not hitchhiking off of Johnny's faith, but your own faith in Christ. I just want to steam again. And we did that one day in an arena. Uh, was that in Orlando? Bob, where was that? That, that was Chicago. in Chicago, Chicago in yeah. 2001. 2001, we honored Ken for covenant-keeping love right? Absolutely. in front of a crowd of about 14,000 folks. And uh, you're still going. You're still doing it. <laughs> you know, that was quite a humbling experience. And uh, yes, you know, I, I think... <laughs> he still has the trophy on his desk, and everybody that comes oh. into his office... He, well, he goes, a cool trophy. No, no, wait, 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 wait. I have to say, uh, on, a, on a more humorous note, Johnny uh, went, it was around 9-11, so Johnny went to New York and to speak to some of the survivors there in the Pentagon. And, and people that were involved in, in 9-11. And I had to go home to go to teach school. So Johnny and I talk on the phone. And, and, Every night. And this was the, just right after this presentation. So the next day. And I, and I called Johnny and I said, Johnny, I have to ask you a question. I have to, you know, just seriously. Is this a ward for the world or is it just for the United States? <laughs> And I said, you know, it's just like the NBA, you know, the championship. I mean, like if it's for thing. the world, oh, man. It's, she said, no, I think it's just for the United States. And I said, oh, boy, I feel a lot more relief now. <laughs> well, I have to say this award is a lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's, it's on a 50-pound chunk of beautiful granite. And it, it is the Robertson McQuilkin Award for Covenant-Keeping Love and Marriage that was a- awarded to you. And I just wanted to stop at that point as, a, as you answered that question. It's that perspective of God and of being obedient to Him that has enabled you as a man to keep your covenant mm-hmm. and stand firm all these years. Yeah, it's a-, a great reminder. You know, I have it in my office at the, at the uh, IDC Center, the Johnny and Friends uh, Center over in Los Angeles. And... And uh, when I see it, it's just a great reminder. Um, and I have to say that that, um, that was just part of this journey, receiving that award. Hmm. And God has, has blessed us in a way that I, I guess, for us, it just 
reunited our hearts for Johnny and I, and we love each other more than we loved each other when we first got married. You know, we laugh about that, uh, that Lighthouse that Award, because he keeps it on his desk, like I said, keeps it dusted off, keeps the batteries working, keeps the lighthouse <laughs> Oh, lit. Keeps it lit. <laughs> and uh, knowing my husband as I do, Dennis, when you gave him that award, you just, you just, you guys just thought you were just given an award, and okay, this goes on the shelf, and it's going to be forgotten. He keeps that on his desk, and to him, I know my husband, to him, it is something to live up to. Mm. To him, uh-huh. he knows his life is on display. He's on a stage. People are watching. People have acknowledged him. Is he going to stain the good reputation that has been ascribed to him, or, or, or is he going to is he going to step up to the plate and, and remember the big picture and, and honor his vows and be a good man for it, be a better man for it? So, you know, we, we laugh about it, but he keeps that prominently on his desk to remind him every day of, of what you guys here at Family Life oh. have, have recognized him for. Well, and I think we just need to clear up. It was for the world. It, it really was. was. For the <laughs> I, I just, that was not a United States award. Right? <laughs> no, 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 Maybe no. the solar system. Could Maybe be. the entire could solar system. Could be the system. galaxy. You yes. never know. Okay, Johnny, back to you. I want to read this passage again. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. You know, I think of that verse so often, Romans 8.18, when Ken and I have a disagreement or when we get haggling over the small, petty stuff, and invariably one of us will stop. Most recently it was Ken. When we were in the car arguing about something, he stopped, pulled over, and said, Johnny, what's the big picture? Mm. And that's a big picture verse that you just read. Mm-hmm. What is the big picture? Why are we in this? Where are we going? What, what's our goal? And, and the big picture for us is the other side of eternity. Um, it's one reason why at Johnny and Friends this year, our family retreat theme is press on, press on toward the goal mm-hmm. to which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. And you know, we've got a goal to live for. And much like Ken does not want to disappoint um, those who have ascribed to him the honor, such as you guys did at Family Life, in much the same way, Ken and I together as a couple do not want to disappoint our Savior who has invested so much in us, my mm-hmm. goodness, his own blood in us. And we want to live in such a way that honors that sacrifice so that our capacities for joy and worship and service in heaven will be stretched. Ken and I both have this big picture attitude. And and friends listening, I don't, I don't know if you haggle with your husbands, but sit down one time with your spouse and just talk about, sketch it out. What is the big picture? And then commit to make that your goal. For Ken and me, I trust for most Christian couples, it is heaven. It is the finish line. It is the end of the good fight. It is hearing those wonderful words, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what we want to hear. That's what we're living for. And Johnny, there's a there's another verse that's like Romans eight eighteen. It's the one in Second Corinthians four that says that what we're going through is light and momentary afflictions. Yeah, and then it says, therefore, do not lose heart. Do you really think what you're going through is a light and momentary affliction? You know, this is where faith really kicks in, Bob, because I've got to believe that the, the cosmic stakes are so high that the joy that I'm going to experience in heaven is so great that it is so out of this world that in comparison to that, mm. indeed, it, my, my, my troubles are light and momentary. And um, that's why I, I shared earlier how in, invigorated I am and what a robust, rugged, wonderful, 
I don't know, it's a man-sized faith that I can have if I would but not complain and trust God with the challenges. And um, again, it's not just me espousing this, it's Ken and I as a couple. Doing it together. Doing yeah. it together. Yeah. yeah, and you know, be one thing for me to say that, but for you too to say that in your book, I've been through your book, you know, as you said, you're a quadriplegic. You care for your wife day in and day out through the routines of life. Then came the pain that I, I had not heard that story before of the indescribable pain uh, that you lived with for 10 years. And then the cancer. You're really talking about some of the most challenging circumstances two human beings could possibly face in a lifetime. Well, to be fair, I've got some great girlfriends who help me get up in the morning and lay down at night. But still, the bulk of the burden often rests on Ken, especially getting up at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning every single night to turn me, to reposition me in bed mm -hmm. so that I don't get pressure sores, to retuck my pillows, then to go back to sleep. I mean, that's every single night for 31 years of our marriage. And that has not altered one bit. That's mm. a lot. Mm. And I'll never forget the time I had double pneumonia in the midst of my cancer. Uh, Ken was up for 9, 10, 11, 12 days, every single night, five or six, seven, eight times, mm. pushing on my abdomen, pounding on my chest, pushing on my back, come on, you cough, cough, come on, cough. And I remember him whispering in the middle of it all, so is this the worst part of the better or for worse? And I said, this is the worst part, mm. this is, but we're gonna get through it. Mm. And even then, to voice our vows in the midst of uh, such a terrible ordeal was um, invigorating and I think soul-strengthening. You know, I think if, it, if we were to look back on our married life, we could not have written this book three years into our marriage. Not that we are experts now. 30 years doesn't make an expert, and there are many who are married a lot longer, but I think God has brought us on this journey together as a couple, and um, it's been a, a journey well fought for and and the lessons that we've learned have just been um, lessons that I you know I wouldn't trade for anything yeah and, and you're both handing at a question I wanted to ask you because in your book you write about uh, Johnny how you prayed for this uh, black-haired guy in church that you didn't know who he was you were kind of squirming around in your 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 chair there and and decide you'd pray for this guy you didn't know Later on, he became your husband. I mean, wow. But he told you he loved you about a, about a year into the relationship, that, as I recall. Is that right? Yeah. Here's the question I wanted to ask both of you. You said you loved her. Today, you know what it means mm. to truly love. Do your best to explain what love is. I think if, if I were to describe what love is, it's the love that I f sense Jesus has for us. When, when Christ came and said that he, he came to serve, uh, you know, I just think how good of God to put me in this position that I could serve him through serving my wife. And, um, you know, having... A wife who is of like mind that loves Jesus means everything, and I, you know, I think that's what's been sustaining for both of us. 
uh, over these past 30 years, and especially over these past few years that we've had to deal with the cancer. And um, she's, my, she's my best friend. She's my biggest supporter. But I would say this. I would say that, that we don't honor our vows like we once did. You know, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, we don't do that. I mean, not that, you know, I'm still working at it, but I would love, love for this particular book to, to reach out and touch the lives of men and, and their hearts and, and say, hey, you know, step up to the plate. You know, honor your vows and honor your commitment that you made to your wife. And you'll be a better person. And you'll for be a better person. Johnny? Well, mine's a little more romantic, I guess. But um, I know that Ken loves me because he, he likes me. He wants to be with me. I'm home for him. And as Dr. Robert Mount said, home is movable. And when I'm in another room, Ken enjoys being with me. He enjoys, okay, bringing his fish magazines in and, and sitting with me. And that he chooses me, that he prefers me, that he wants to be with me, that he likes me. In spite of all the stuff that, uh, that often accompanies what, quote, me is. Um, that he chooses me and likes me and prefers me is so sweet uh, to me as a woman. It, it touches my heart like nothing else. And of course, that fosters so much more affection for my husband when I see him choose me, be proud of me, speak about me on the phone to his buddies, tell his best friend, uh, who's an outfitter up in Montana, a, a rough-and-tumble mountain man who shoots elk with a bow and arrow, who's an expert fly fisherman, who is um, an incredible guy, and, and, and Ken has always said of him, gee, I want that guy on my foxhole. But to hear him say on the phone one night to that man, Chris, you know, Chris, I've always wanted you in my foxhole, but watching my wife and her courage, Oh my goodness, uh, I want her to have my back. I want her to be in my foxhole. And boy, that's music to my ears. Yeah. You know, I, I, Johnny says it very well, but uh, you know, when I made that phone call, and one of the things that, that we have discussed is that we are all in a spiritual battle. And Chris is a brother in Christ, and as Johnny mentioned, he is your quintessential mountain man. And I, I watched Johnny during this cancer journey and I saw the warrior that she is. I mean, she is truly a warrior fighting through, you know, all these, the pain and now the, the cancer. And so I called Chris and I said, Chris, you know, I mean, I got to tell you that after having watched my wife, you know, I watch in that foxhole with me, you know, if we're going to battle. But I'd like my wife in there first because I know she'll watch my back. Yeah, I know you're a good shot with a bow and arrow. <laughs> I want the shield, my my shield and, and uh, my hero in there with me. Well, you guys are heroes to many, and we need models like you guys who are running the race all the way to the finish line of heaven. Mm. And uh, maybe not always with a smile on your face, mm. but you're not quitting. And uh, I think your book is just an unvarnished look at a real relationship that has had some very, very dark valleys that haven't been momentary. They have gone on for years. Yeah. And uh, I just commend it to our listeners uh, to read together as a couple, both husbands and wives. 
we have copies of uh, the book. It's called An Untold Love Story, and you can go to our website at familylifetoday.com to order the story of Johnny and Ken's 30-year marriage. Johnny and Ken, An Untold Love Story. Go to familylifetoday.com and order a copy of the book from us or call 1-800-FL-TODAY to request your copy of this book. Again, our website is familylifetoday.com. The toll-free number is 1-800-FL-TODAY. And the book we're talking about is called Johnny and Ken, An Untold Love Story. Uh, Go online or give us a call to request a copy. And I want to encourage you to be back with us again tomorrow. Johnny and Ken Tata are going to be here again. And we're going to hear about uh, some of the, the hard chapters that they've gone through in their marriage. I hope you can tune in tomorrow for that. I want to thank our engineer today, Robbie Neal, and our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. See you back tomorrow for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.